Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Welcome to You Down, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. I really, really believe this from the bottom of my heart. Whatever you're doing when you fill out your ballot, it has actually very little to do with the person whose name that you're like voting for. So this election, you might be filling out the ballot for Joe Biden or Donald Trump or whatever. Their name is on the ballot. But actually, our names are on the ballot. You Mm -hmm. are on the ballot. Your family that you care about is on the ballot. And so when you're filling out that little bubble, like... You're not voting for Joe Biden. Although I want everyone to vote for Joe Biden. What you're actually doing (laughs) is voting for yourself, the future that you want, and the person that you are going to hold accountable to building Mm. that future with you. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to You Down, a podcast where four funny honeys come together to talk about what's going on in the culture. I'm Ashley Holston. I'm Shakira Janae Pei. I'm Yasmin Monet Watkins. And I'm Mamiya Aforo. But collectively, we are known as Obama's Other Daughters. Hey, hey. Obama's Other mm-hmm. Daughters. Obama. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> that took me right to Soul Train. <laughs> So with the election approaching in just a few weeks, and this being one of the most important elections of our time, we've invited Jess Morales Rocchetto, Executive Director of Care in Action, to join us for insight and inspiration on why it's important to vote, how to stay informed, and what's at stake in this election. But first, ladies, let's do our usual check-in. How are you feeling? What are you loving? And what are you hating this week? Over the weekend, BLM Los Angeles put together an event called Black Women Are Divine in tandem with like a celebration of Black women on a national level. And it was so, so beautiful. There were poems and songs, of course, but also like acupuncture and Reiki and massage. And just like, it was sort of, it felt like Burning Man for Black women a little bit because everyone just came with like gifts to give to Black women. It was literally just like give Black women their flowers now. And uh, it just, it it filled me up so much and it was just so beautiful. So I really, I really love, <laughs> I really loved that event. Uh, black women are divine. Oh, sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Sounds fun. yeah. So what did you bring? To give you to know, I brought poems. <laughs> I, I posted. <laughs> I brought, uh, you know, my organizing ability. I brought hosting, which I was like trying to figure it out as we were going. Like, praise to the improv gods mm-hmm. for the improvisation. They show up and bless you. <laughs> and it's funny because at um, I went to Africa Burn in South Africa like five years ago, maybe. 
And <laughs> I literally brought palms and grapes as my offering. Uh, and so for Did this you bring one, the grapes from the U.S. or you got them from local? like they were people were selling it. Like you know, people <laughs> sell flowers on the question, street. Mommy. Grapes are very hard to find in Africa. That's what I was like. People where? were selling Where's grapes on the road there on the way to the Tanquakuru Desert in a plastic I, bag. Like this. <laughs> they were in like boxes. So I brought like a okay. little box of grapes, and I was just like, "Would you like some grapes or a poem?" As much as I make fun of you about these grapes and poems, a grape is a delicious treat, especially in the desert. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> especially when you're on drugs in the desert. Just like, mm. People really loved the grapes and the poems. Mm-hmm. I made many new friends. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. <laughs> but anyway, the event was amazing. And to just spend time loving up on Black women is always a love that I have. Mine is nowhere near as profound, but um, I, I, you guys know I'm a music head and I got a MIDI controller. Oh, <laughs> nice. I'm so obsessed with it. I have so many songs I've written, but I was like, I want to make my own tracks and stop like not finishing stuff because I'm waiting on some Pharrell to become my yes. friend or something. So, yeah. so I started... I got a MIDI MPK. It's um, an Akai MPK MIDI cool. controller. And I just feel really cool and legit uh, in my music endeavors It's because you Like, are. I'm taking it to another level. Thank you. Mamiya, um, y'all, y'all don't even know. Mamiya is such a songbird. And, like, I'm so excited for the music that you will be putting out into the world, Mamiya. Thanks. Like, um, I hope I actually do it and don't no. just hoard. When you put it out, girl. When you put out your music. <laughs> Thank you, yes. Um, I am loving this week, uh, learning a new skill. And it's not even learning a new skill. It's like um, removing the veil around something being really difficult or inaccessible. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. my sister bought a, a chess board and her and her wife have been learning together how to play. And so my sister was teaching me yesterday and I was like, this is not that hard. Like it's it's definitely <laughs> a game where I can see it be becoming very hard, especially if you're playing against someone that's extremely experienced. But I feel like there's like this mystery around chess that's like only super intellectuals can play it. And, you know, I'm just like, no, I I got this game. I can play this. (laughs) (laughs) I was always afraid of it and pretended like checkers was chess because it was like, I can play. Checkers is my lane. No. (laughs) So right now I'm loving um, a clean space. Like sometimes you like just let everything pile up and it starts Mm -hmm. getting dirty. And then you finally clean it and it just feels like you live in a whole new palace. (laughs) And like right now. Even the way you're talking about it right now. A whole new palace. I'm just like, I'm in a palace now and it's so clean. There's no cat poop anywhere. Oh my God. The bar is so low. Wow. No, no, there's no cat poop. Wow. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, yes. Um, oh, I forgot. It's, tra- it's a travesty. <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, Kira, your bar is so low, but Yasmin. For those who didn't hear, just right as we were recording right now, my beloved cat Moonshine. Uh, took a poop and she I'm literally sitting in front of the litter box and the poop God. made it outside of the box and it's oh, on no. the floor and not in the box. I'm sorry, and she's listeners. just chilling. <sighs> so sorry y'all had to hear that. I'm interested in getting to our main topic for today. Yes. It is time for us to talk about voting and helping walk us through this convo is special guest, Jess morales Raquetto. But first, a quick break. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. 
And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Welcome back, everyone. This week, we want to know if you're down with voting. We hope the answer is yes, um, because that would be crazy if you're not. But helping us tell you why it's so important, especially in this upcoming election, is Jess Morales Roqueto. Jess is the Executive Director of Care in Action and Civic Engagement Director of the National Domestic Workers Alliance, where she spearheads political advocacy campaigns for the 2.5 million domestic workers in this country. She is a co-chair of the Families Belong Together Coalition, the campaign to end family separation and detention, co-founder of Supermajority, a new women's political action group, and co-founder of She Se Puede, a cultural platform for Latinas by Latinas. Jess is an alumna of Hillary for America, the AFL-CIO, Obama for America, the Democratic National Committee, Rebuild the Dream, and the New Organizing Institute. Okay, resume. Okay. Right? Let's go. <laughs> yes. In 2019, Jess was honored in the inaugural Time 100 Next, a list of rising stars who are shaping the future. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jess. Oh my yes. goodness. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is already, <laughs> this is already one of the most fun podcasts I've ever done. Oh, yay. <laughs> yes. Success. We're here for we it. We love that. <laughs> well, okay, so voting. We know a lot of people struggle with feeling like their voice doesn't mean anything um, or matter. How do we combat that feeling and get energized about our power in this election? What would you say to someone who's like, I'm not voting? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like that's actually pretty common, right? And when I say pretty common, I mean about half of the people in the United States who are eligible to vote. That means people who are registered and they just have to show up to the polls do not vote. Mm -hmm. So like most people feel that way, right? Which is just something I think that's like really important. When you hear during election season, just like every five seconds, people are like, are you registered to vote? Are you going to vote? It's because most people don't do it. Yeah. So that is like just something I want everyone to really understand. But I think the reason for that is kind of one of two things. Their vote doesn't matter or they're not that excited about the candidate. That's kind mm -hmm. of where people feel, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so to the vote doesn't matterers, um, I actually really get that. And I think particularly if you're a Black person, there has been, like, not just voting messages to tell you that your vote doesn't matter. The world has been telling you that you don't matter, right? So, like, mm -hmm. why would your vote matter? So I actually feel like the kind of thing that ends up happening is that then what people do is they're, like, 
people died for your right to vote or like we all have an obligation like the ancestors are watching you you know (laughs) (laughs) like they are they are but I just don't think that is really what this is about because that makes it about the past and Mm. I think voting is about the future I think voting is about an act of saying this is what I care about Mm -hmm. this is what i want to see in the world and i really believe deeply that it's possible to change and to me that is a really really powerful act because it can be if you have that mindset an act of transformation Mm -hmm. about what you want to see in the world what you care about who you care about and taking the steps to actually really make that possible right okay so then that comes to the candidates Right? Like, yeah. Because then, if, <laughs> if you're coming in with this powerful mindset of change and transformation, and then the candidate is like, I don't know, a very old white man, for instance. Uh-huh. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Which election are you referring to? <laughs> I mean, all of them. All of them? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I understand why you might be like, come on, right? And for that, I really, really believe this from the bottom of my heart. Whatever you're doing when you fill out your ballot, it has actually very little to do with the person whose name that you're, like, voting for. So this election, you might be filling out the ballot for Joe Biden or Donald Trump or whatever. Their name is on the ballot. But actually, our names are on the ballot. You Mm -hmm. are on the ballot. Your family that you care about is on the ballot. And so when you're filling out that little bubble, like— You're not voting for Joe Biden, although I want everyone to vote for Joe Biden. What you're actually doing (laughs) is voting for yourself, the future that you want, and the person that you are going to hold accountable to building Mm -hmm. that future with you. Can you speak a bit on uh, voter protection and your work around helping ensure safety and efficiency during this election? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I mean, one of the most transformative experiences in my life was being in Atlanta, Georgia in 2018. Yes. We were doing everything we could at Care in Action to elect Stacey Abrams yes. as the first mm-hmm. black woman governor. Elman sister. Oh, oh, my gosh. She's amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Like, and the energy was, it's just like, it's almost hard to describe. Like, people were so hyped. Like, we were going to mm. do it. It was happening, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And that night, Stacey made probably the best speech I've ever seen anyone make that was about how the election had been stolen and how we were going to fight back. Yeah. And that experience was so transformative because it made me realize what it's like to sort of reclaim from a system that is constantly trying to take from us. What the power of a Black woman sort of like naming and saying and owning what, frankly, is owed to her. Mm-hmm. And then making an invitation to all of us to like, let, now let's throw down and do this because this is really about protecting our rights in our democracy. Mm-hmm. And that really taught us at Care in Action how important protecting the vote, empowering people to understand their rights as they go to the polls, to understand how to navigate situations, and also do something I think is really essential, which is just to say out loud that voting is really hard, but it's worth it. Yeah. Right. You might be asked to stand in line for a couple hours. Somebody might try to pull a little alley-oop on you, but like, actually, you got to stand your ground. (laughs) And (laughs) one of the ways that we're trying to really make it easier for people to do that is you can DM us um, on Facebook and Twitter at Karen Action US, and we will answer your individualized voting questions. Mm. Yeah. So just like when you like have a flight and, you know, they got to they like change it on you and you can like DM the airlines like, what's going on? (laughs) That's us. That's us for voting. (laughs) Amazing. Wherever you live, whoever you are, whatever question you have, we will do our very best to answer it for you. And if we can't answer it, we'll help get you a lawyer who can help answer the questions. And that was care into action. So it's at care in action U.S. You're getting them right where they are, you know? <laughs> They're already on the Instagram. They're right on the gram. <laughs> they already I'm easy. just like, just slide into my DMs. We got the answers that you, you need. Got you. Y'all know it goes <laughs> down in the DM. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the world is different this year uh, for an array of reasons. How did COVID and just the pandemic change canvassing for you this year? What were some of the challenges? 
Oh my gosh, so many. We have one of the biggest door-to-door operations in the country talking to women of color and specifically talking to women of color who may not vote in this election. Mm. The reason that we knock on doors, believe it or not, is because it's the most effective way to talk to people. Like face-to-face conversations is still the most effective, persuasive way to get people to vote. So the pandemic actually just completely changed those plans. You know, you can't really be knocking on people's doors now. And so we had to change our whole operation. Now we're calling people on the phones and phones are great. Love phones. Actually, actually, I don't like phones. I mostly just like text. (laughs) (laughs) Don't leave me a voicemail. (laughs) Don't leave me a voicemail. It turns out I'm not the only one who doesn't like phones. Actually, you have to call people more times on the phones to be able to get the same effect that knocking on their door does. So we had to not only change our whole operation, we had to double all of our goals. So we're going to make 20 million phone calls this year to get people out to vote, which is a lot of phone calls. (laughs) (laughs) And text. All of our eyes were like, (laughs) yes, yes. Between how many people? That's wild. Yes. It's, I mean, hundreds of people power this operation of just like women talking to women. Like, I'm from where you're from. I'm like you. Are you coming out to vote? You got to come out to vote. So important. So Can you talk about the importance of this election, even outside of just Biden versus Trump? Like, what are the Mm -hmm. other things that we should be thinking about around this election? And like, what role does the Senate play in all of this? You know what I mean? What are the other Mm -hmm. things we need to be thinking about? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question, because to be honest, I actually think the stuff down ballot, not the president, is even more important Mm -hmm. than the presidency. Yeah. Most people are going to hear about Donald Trump and Joe Biden like a ton of times. That's what the news covers. That's where social media conversation is. But they might not hear about their senator that is running or their governor that is running. And the Senate is really, really important. And here's why. Even if Joe Biden wins, he will not be able to pass his agenda unless Democrats control the Senate. And if Donald Trump wins and Democrats control the Senate, then there's a lot that can be done to really fight the very worst abuses of the Mm -hmm. first Trump administration. If Donald Trump wins and Republicans control the Senate, I mean, Mm. (laughs) it's hard for me to overstate how bad the world will get. Like, if you think right now is bad, oh, it gets so much worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so much worse. Yeah. So to me, the most important elections are actually about the Senate. And the Democrats have the ability to potentially take control of the Senate. Republicans have control of the Senate right now. And right now, the Republicans are in a worse spot because they're trying to defend their seats. And it's much harder to defend than it is to kind of be on the offense and win. And it is even possible that Democrats could take not just a majority, but like a huge majority in the Senate where they would have 55 Democratic senators, which would make it very, very possible to pass real true progressive legislation. Nice. Yeah. So like, if you are like, what should I do? How should I support? Donate to the senators that are running. Donate to the folks that make calls for those folks. And I want to tell you actually about my favorite race, which is South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, Jamie Harrison is running against Lindsey Graham. You don't know who Lindsey Graham is. He's Donald Trump's like one of his biggest allies and supporters. Mm -hmm. He's a lying hypocrite racist as hell, and he's running against Jamie Harrison, who is this dynamic, amazing, young Black guy who has, like, really worked hard to transform South Carolina and taking this bold step of running for Senate. When he started, people were like, that's cute, Jamie. You're adorable. (laughs) Run for Senate. (laughs) He's been going in. I've been seeing his stuff. Yes. And now it's it's what's called a toss-up. And that means that it, it's anybody's game. It could be Lindsey Graham or it could be Jamie Harrison. And the idea that in South Carolina, there's a toss-up seat for Senate is like, that hasn't happened in a long, wow. long time. And when I say long, I mean like maybe since like Reconstruction. Whoa. Jeez. So that's my favorite race. We're one of the first groups on the ground in South Carolina. When, I, when we first got there at Care in Action, folks were like, yeah, okay, you guys are cute too. And now every day I'm like, oh, do you see that? Yeah, that's, that's a toss-up. Welcome. It always starts with them thinking, this, oh, it's cute. You cute. Do your little thing. It's like, oh, we're we going to make mm-hmm. some action. Right? Okay. 
<laughs> exactly. Now I'm like, I'm so glad you arrived at the party. <laughs> Don't worry, it's okay. You're late. We'll you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dope. So that the Senate so so important. The other thing I'll just say is, I think sometimes people feel like, how does politics affect my life? Like this doesn't really have anything to do with my life. Yeah. And the stuff really at the bottom of your ballot, the stuff that's like people you've never heard of for offices you don't even really know that much about, like school board or labor commissioner or your city council members, those folks have so much to do with your daily life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you two examples. One is, you know, I get really mad (laughs) about how often folks pick up our trash. I want my trash to be picked up more. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pandemic. (laughs) We generate a lot of trash. Mm -hmm. I want my trash to get picked up more. Your city council members decide how often your trash gets picked up. Or maybe your county commissioner might decide how often your trash gets picked up. So if you feel like you want your trash to get picked up better, well, you need to know more about your city council members or your county commissioners. Then it's like, I know all my friends with kids and whether or not they go back to school or they're doing virtual learning or whatever. Your school board is deciding whether or not you are a virtual learner. If your kid goes in a couple days a week, mm-hmm. um, whether or not, you know, they have to be in person. The school board decides that. So at the top, yeah, you know what? I kind of get it. It's hard to understand, like, how does the president? That doesn't have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. But That stuff at the bottom, that stuff, those people in those offices that you might not know about, that has everything to do with you and your life. Everything. Can you talk a little bit while we're on this topic of going down ballot, Mm -hmm. like the importance of of offices like the district attorney? Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We're in this moment of uprising, this moment of racial reckoning. And I think if we want folks to stay engaged, if you're like, okay, I've been turning up all summer, now what? The answer is your district attorney, your sheriff, Mm. your DA, Mm -hmm. those are the folks that make decisions. Actually, your city council as well. Those are the people that make decisions about how much money the police department gets, Mm -hmm. right? Whether or not you're able to get justice in court because the DA decides what cases to pursue. So if they are a person that has a bias towards young black men or young trans black women, right? Or like that were bought by the police. Yeah. That's right. Or all they were done was funded by the police unions. Exactly. Mm, Those Jackie folks- Lacey in Los Angeles. <laughs> 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 yep. Those folks have so much influence over individual lives, but also over the precedent that gets set in our system. The DA and the prosecutors decide things like um, to prosecute people who are truant from school, which we know is like a huge problem that criminalizes young Black folks and, and young brown people. So it just... All those folks at every level make decisions about a lot of those things we care about around criminal justice reform and Mm -hmm. around racial injustice. And the only way to start to change those things is to get new people into office. Like, that's just just what it is. So when we have an election, we have an opportunity to say, I want people who share my values or I'm going to vote them out. And it's because, and make clear, it's because they don't share my values about defunding the police or, you know, supporting education, or whatever it is that floats your boat. Yes. The the phrase voting down the ballot, I honestly didn't hear that until earlier this week. And it's just so important to know that. Like what you just said is extremely valuable information because I really do think people don't understand that they're like, it's all about the big things we see, Mm -hmm. you know, not like, Everything you just said, I don't want to repeat it. Yeah. The people are <laughs> I mean, I think it's like, <laughs> I think people are realizing too, like when you think about in LA, like we had the biggest turnout at like the municipal elections. We don't usually have that. Like I voted for mm. uh, those elections and I, I will say it was my first time voting outside of the president, you know, <laughs> this, this main one. I usually vote every four years and I voted like during the, the middle and did the research and, you know, I felt inspired. I mean, this presidency has inspired me <laughs> to, to <laughs> make sure I vote as much as possible. I echo that sentiment because I definitely, like for me, one of my, and OOD will tell you mm-hmm. already, they know how I very strongly feel about our district attorney and her failure to protect our people, right? Mm -hmm. She's refused to prosecute 
any of the cops who've killed all these mm-hmm. folks here in LA. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I have to talk to everybody I know about it because I'm like, I know that we care about this, you know, big issue stuff, but also right here in Los Angeles, there are ways that we can show up and show up for the community and show up for ourselves and to protect black people in a very real way. I think some people are like, who, what, like, why should I care? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, but this is our lives. Like, <laughs> yes. please go to the polls. They could tell you I was on it. I was like, guys, you want, you want me to true, go with you? Right? Like, totally. No, it's true. It's true. And I think like, you know, I feel like some of that is about how people talk about it. Like mm-hmm. they only talk about the stuff that they know. And there's a little bit of fear of talking about politics or might it might be uncomfortable. But I think the more that people know about offices and candidates and the more people know about like, Yasmin, to exactly your point, like this is how we protect Black lives in this community right now. Mm-hmm. That. I'm like, okay, yes, yes, okay, tell me more. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I, too, would like to do that, you know? Speaking of uh, electing them, once we've elected them, what are specific ways to keep politicians accountable? Okay, so probably the number one thing you hear about this is people will say stuff to you like, call your congressperson, right? And the reason, just like voting, the reason that people are asking you to call your congressperson is that most people don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) And believe it or not, every single congressional office takes a tally every day of all of the calls that they receive. There's a little intern who answers the phones. Oh, that was me at one point in Keith Ellison's Really? Yes. Writing the letter. And his office got a lot because he was the first Muslim member and first Mm -hmm. Black member from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And... I was like, wait, I'm the one responding to the constituents? Like, that made me feel some sort of, like, I'm really doing my part (laughs) right now. Yes. Um, And I thought, to your point, we literally would mark every single call. There's, like, a file that it goes in, and you get a response from the member. Even if it is the intern responding, it's, like, a drafted letter or, you know, that we make personal for that person. So we... They know that we're actually listening. And you're right. I didn't know that that was a thing you could even do until I worked. Yeah. I mean, and so that means that, like, for instance, if Miss Lacey's office gets a bunch of phone calls, right, that disagree with what she's doing, like, they're tallying that. So if you live in a place and where we called have- her, we, mm-hmm. we've been out there mm-hmm. every Wednesday. We're mm-hmm. like, girl... You got to go. (laughs) (laughs) Organizers are like, "Uh, you, what's going on, girl? Why are you not not showing up? And it's been heartbreaking to hear the families talk too, to be like, hey, why, why didn't you show up for my daughter? Why didn't you show up for my son? And I feel like that storytelling is really, really powerful. And every time you're making a call, you're kind of telling a little piece of your story because you're calling to say, I really care about not having a Supreme Court vote. I really care about immigration. I really care about the, like, whatever you're calling for. They are tallying that. And that matters so much because when people go to vote, when elected officials go to vote, they factor in that stuff too. They factor in like, how do my constituents feel about this? And mm-hmm. one of the main ways that they they kind of gauge that is about phone calls. And I'll tell you, the, the white supremacists have a good phone call game. Like, mm. those folks will call. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> like, and, and they will. You know, it's like, oh, immigration bill? We'll call every day, you know, hundreds of calls a day. And so then when that senator or congressperson is going in to make that vote, they're like, my constituents don't support immigrants. I can't support immigrants either. That is a huge part of how it happens. So wow. making phone calls, like, I cannot stress enough how important that is. Then I think the other one is just, I do think it's important to talk about politics with people that you know, because most people are not engaged. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't know how many ways I can say that. Like, the majority of people don't know anything, nothing. Mm-hmm. So if you know even a little bit, you're like among the most educated members of our populace about <laughs> politics. <laughs> I don't believe it or not. And, <laughs> and I think people need to know, like, that it's not just like Fox News or debates on TV. Like, it's also just this conversation we're having right now. Just people talking about what they care about and what matters to them. And if we can have conversations like that, I feel like that's a way that we kind of move forward in our politics versus just 
I think what turns people off is they feel like it's all about arguing or something like that. Actually, what it's all about is talking about what I believe in and what mm. matters to me and trying to make that happen. And so I think if we have more conversations with people about what we believe in, that is so powerful. Mm. What can we do to get Democrats to do more and, and everybody to do more than just like kneel in kente cloth or pay <laughs> like, you know, lip service to the value of our lives? But like... <laughs> can you uh-huh. talk a little bit just like share some more information about the breathe act because i think it's such important national leg- legislation yeah yeah oh. you know, they were really t- they were really trying with that kente cloth they really were like the cbc was like you should wear this and they were like okay the cbc told us and that you know was, they're, yes. they're old school they're old school they're, they're yeah <laughs> they have to learn our ways they have to learn our ways oh what a I just thought it wasn't a dashiki. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been disturbing. It was one step away. (laughs) Just the look, I was like, I don't know what I'm looking. I don't know who's who's graduating, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, Okay, so the breathe act. So. My, my friend Ashley Henderson, who's one of the leaders in the movement for Black Lives, she's told me that the, the BREATHE Act is an act of political imagination. Mm. And I love that. I love that. I love the idea of policy that is actually about what we want. Mm. A lot of times we're always talking about what we don't want, right? Stop this or like end this. But instead, we're talking about a future of justice and equality that is about what we do want. So what the Breathe Act is talking about, which is coming out of the movement for Black Lives, this is really about how to reimagine public safety and community care and how we spend money as a society. So how do we defund police and invest in our schools and our communities? How do we give people the I think about it as like modern, like care and support that they need. So mental health, people who are there to be able to understand the gender identity that you have when you call and you're in crisis for our trans and non-binary brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how do we have people who understand how to deal with domestic violence and not just pick up the phone and not send the police, but also help you build out your long-term care and safety and violence prevention and, and so many other things that are about investing in our schools so that we're really getting folks at the beginning of their involvement in the system. You can't do any of that if you are putting all of your money in this really outdated idea of safety from mm. a militarized police force. Mm. And that is just like... You know, it's like yeah. praise hands, hallelujah, amen, every day, all day. Right? You know, it's just like, yes. Yeah. It's like when you say it like that, it's like, I believe in good schools. Right? <laughs> yes. You're like, I believe we should have books for the kids and like right? nurses and yes. counselors. Yes. It's like, that sounds great. And that's, you know, like sometimes I think people feel like this idea of care and safety, this idea of Black Lives Matter actually in our government, in our policy, is something that's for the future. What I love about the BREATHE Act is in this act of political imagination, it's really a declaration of what are we for? And also we believe we can happen right now. We can make choices right now to value Black life in our government and in our policy. And that is just so amazing. Like, what an incredible gift from the Movement for Black Lives mm-hmm. after this summer of protests, after mm-hmm. seven years of Black Lives Matter, to now say, and then this next stage is our leaders that are elected to represent us putting their power, their yes. privilege on the line and making this happen so that we can be clear in our policy yeah. about Black Lives Mattering. Thank you so much for that. What really resonated with me about what you said is modern. like the practices of most of the things in the government are very outdated. Sometimes I'm like, wait, you we're all asking this question. A first grader could have the answer to that. Like, that's not nice. Don't do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Absolutely. for whatever reason, we're fighting this uphill battle to just get people to acknowledge that our lives mm-hmm. are mad. That our <laughs> lives matter. <Yeah. laughs> I'm sorry. I saw this status this week from a former friend's mother on Facebook. And it was Mm -hmm. like, when people ask me why I voted for Trump, I say, I didn't. I voted for 
a list of stuff that she voted for. Uh. And that just blew, it really actually put me in a funk for the whole week Mm. because I was like, wow, we have such fundamentally different values of what we think a human, like you don't care about the things going on in the black community. Yes, you don't live there, but it's still the human community. Mm -hmm. And especially with the Black Lives Matter movement, being in the suburbs of Minnesota, white people do not, have one ounce of understanding of what that is. I don't know if this is too loaded of a question, but like it it is in our job, but sometimes I feel like it is my job because I'm in a space with somebody who's never going to talk to a person of color. So like, how do we have those conversations? And you can't change somebody's ideology overnight, obviously. Yeah, it's a really good question. Yeah, I think the way that I navigate this is, you know, I have I have a very Republican mother. And as you can imagine, talking about politics is like, you can't avoid that around me. You know, it's like my whole life, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I had to have a lot of hard conversations with both people I care about and strangers. That's, that's like my literal job. And I try to really ask questions because mm. I think when we ask questions, it is an invitation to people to tell us what they believe. And most people haven't really thought that much about what they believe. Like you go two questions down and all of a sudden, like the whole thing falls (laughs) apart, you know? (laughs) It does. And then the other one is it, it really is a signal from you that like, I am really listening. Like I really want to understand you. I want to know. And I think that that de-escalates the conversation because what I find a lot is as like a a progressive woman of color, people are always trying to put shit on me that has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them. You know, like this happens to me all the time about immigration because I do a lot of immigration work. Oh, well, Obama put all the kids in detention centers. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm actually an expert in family detention and that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want to tell that to people, right? (laughs) So instead I'll be like, oh, well, where did you hear that from? You know, like what's the difference between Donald Trump's immigration policy and President Obama's immigration policy? Mm. And when you ask those two, when you ask those two questions, <laughs> they don't know. Like, well, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Correct. And then, <laughs> right? Or they're like, well, I don't know, but that's what I heard on, I can't even remember, on my Facebook page, my friend who really knows a lot uh, about this stuff. You know, it's like. I hate the Facebook <laughs> posts. It's mm-hmm. like, come on, just because you wrote it on the internet does not make it fact. Mm. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh. But then, What I find in those situations is that then that gives me the opportunity to be like, oh, well, actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because you're right that family detention was started under a Democratic president. And so Democrat or Republican, we really have work to do around supporting immigration and immigrants. And also under Donald Trump, here's the things that have happened. And I just like, what do you think about that? Like, how do you feel about that? You know, and then people will tell you and they start to be like, oh, I didn't know that. Or like, oh, you know, now I have to acknowledge I'm obviously I'm white skinned. You can't see me listeners, but I'm (laughs) I'm white appearing (laughs) and I'm not a black woman. So it's a really different conversation. But this is why I like really invite people to ask questions, because I think that the questions start to help you understand how to see places to get in there with folks. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some people... Some people are not interested in having an understanding conversation. And those folks, you can just reclaim your time and say thank you. Bye. (laughs) Deuces. Which Maxine Maxine is running for re-election here in L.A. Y'all don't let Joe Collins take it. Please. You're like, you're on it. (laughs) this is I was very excited about this episode and truth be told a a touch apprehensive because I just I have a lot of thoughts that uh, as much as I'm like I'm informed and I'm voting and I'm encouraging folks to do so I also am just generally like really tired of all of this you know and very skeptical of what that means for black lives immediately You know what I mean? Like we're voting and hopefully we make it to November. I think that coupled with the question about accountability is like really important because I think about engaging in our democracy the same way I think about exercising, which is like 
It's something I like got to do. Sometimes I'm more in the mood for it. Most of the time it makes me feel good, but sometimes it's just like it was about getting it in and hopefully there'll be another day tomorrow. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I do, I do kind of think like that's like how participation is. You're doing it because you're hoping there's going to be a really good outcome. And I think that that idea of hopefulness to me is what keeps me coming back. The idea that Every single time, one person engaging with a lot of other people has the ability to make progress. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you learn in organizing is you lose a lot. You lose and lose and lose and lose and lose right up until you win. And so part of what happens when we lose, I I honestly... Now, I'm not being Pollyanna about this. Like, I really believe this. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, that was the loss on the way to the win. Because, like, there's going to yeah. be some losing. Because we're mm-hmm. trying to do stuff that we've never done before in our society, in our world in some cases. And it's like, how dare we think that we can do that? And also, like, hell yes, we can do that. Yes. Like, that's, that's so Like, I just, I think that's so amazing. And I feel like it's a real privilege and opportunity to be able to do that as my job and to talk to other people about that. Like every single day I engage with our political system, a system that wasn't meant for me and the women that I work with and represent. And every single day I have to be like, yep, that was a terrible thing that happened. And like, I work on immigration in the Trump era, you know, like I work for black women in the Trump era. Like, I work for house cleaners and, and domestic workers and, you know, it's just like, it's it's it, most of the time it's bad news, like truly, mm. truly. And the really, really the way I think about it is that we are kind of racking up those losses until we like get a little and not just a little bit closer, but actually like get what we're asking for and not just an incremental change, but something like real. And I have seen that happen. And I think the number one way that I've really seen that happen is when people have protested, when people have called their congressperson, when people have donated millions of dollars to candidates that they care about. And those tiny little things don't feel like, you know, it's only my $5 or it's only one phone call, but they add up into this super powerful collective voice and collective action. And that is only going to keep happening if we show up. And so like that is really what I tell myself every day. Like, this is my moment to like show up. It's to do like whatever my little part is. And then I'm counting on the other folks to like also show up too. (laughs) You were speaking about the people you work for. Um, That gave me chills um, because like we all said, thank you. Um, But can you speak a little to how you have advocated for black women and all women in your work? Because you're a champion in the streets right now. Trying, trying. (laughs) I work for and with the domestic worker movement. So those are the house cleaners, elder care workers, and child care workers that take care of folks in our homes. So your nannies, um, you know, the lady who might come clean your house every couple of weeks or whatever. And those women are among the most marginalized in our society. The average domestic worker makes between $11,000 and $13,000 a year. Domestic workers are the sector most likely to be human trafficked, the most likely to have wage theft, the most likely to have sexual violence. So these are tough, tough jobs. But Mm. what they do is some of the most beautiful work that exists. They love our elders and teach our children. They cook our meals. They keep our house clean, which like, I don't know about you, but in the pandemic, I could not be more thankful for the woman who cleans my house every couple of weeks. Like, (laughs) it's just, you know, so amazing. And... What they really taught me is about the dignity and respect that everyone deserves. Every single person deserves dignity and respect. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter what you look like. Oh, I just get so passionate about this. I get so passionate about Ryan and interviews all across America. But it it is like every time it gets me because that is work that is invisibilized. It's work that people try to not even, you know, talk about it like the help or the babysitter or whatever. And if those women can find it in themselves to say, I'm going to take action, I'm going to claim the dignity and respect that I deserve and have earned, and I'm going to try to make my job and my circumstances better, like, if they can do it, I truly believe all of us can do it. And even more than that, I really feel like, That is who I want to lead us into the future. People who provide care. People who want to leave 
the spaces and people that they are around better than when they found it. Mm -hmm. And I think if those women who have had such struggle and sacrifice and have such incredible dignity and power can lead us into the future, mm. then like, it's going to be better. It's going to be awesome, in fact. I agree with you wholeheartedly on, in that I want it to be the people who are caring for our world and who want it to be a better place leading us. But sometimes I think it feels so inaccessible to even be in politics or to run or to know how to run. Like, one, how can someone decide to get involved? And also, where can you find... I guess, like, good information? That's such a good question. I mean, to be honest, Ashley, I feel like one of the things that we have to get better about in organizing is making it more accessible and easier for people. Because I think a lot of people get excited. And then, you know, like, sometimes we talk like, I'm like, did you get a PhD in this? Like, who talks like this, you know? (laughs) You know, it's so, uh, just to throw this out there, uh, Ben and Jerry's sometimes post, like, such easy doses of information. Like, even their little DA quiz, I was like, wow, I've learned so much. And they they use, like, ice cream scoopers and stuff, so you still feel like you're in, like, that sweet uh, world. But, yeah, that just made me think, like, how the information they give feels like, oh, I can click that really quick and I, I, you know, get something. Yeah, I love that. Ben & Jerry's is like high-key, super progressive. Whatever the opposite of low-key is, though, it's like real (laughs) high-key. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think the first answer to your question, actually, is like, what do you care about? Mm -hmm. Because there are so many things going on in the world, and I think that is one of the most overwhelming things is like, how do I figure out how to do something around these issues that I care about? So what do you care about is the first question to like answer. And then I think that gives you a place to kind of go and, and do a little bit of research. One of the things I think is so helpful is to find one or two people, like maybe among y'all it would be Yasmin, like who are really in it and kind of go and ask them like, well, who do you follow? You know, who do you like trust Because that stuff starts to kind of help you open your eyes to what groups keep coming up that are really well-trusted because they're super impactful. What people information can I trust because not everything that gets published on the internet is the truth. And I think that's a really like good way to start. And I, I think the other thing is don't feel like you have to do everything all at once. My friend Mina always says, not everyone can do everything, but everyone can do something. And I think that's a really good way of figuring out like, what's your something you can do? If you only have 30 minutes, 30 minutes could be like reading that Instagram account or taking the Ben and Jerry's DA quiz, right? Or like <laughs> making one call to your senator, like there's your 30 minutes. And then, you know, because you asked about it, I think around running for office. So my husband is actually the founder of an organization called Run for Something. Run for Something recruits young people to run for down ballot office, and they will help you figure out what office should you run for and give you support to run. And I want to give them a shout out because of what we were talking about earlier. Like, I just think that running for office matters so much. In some places, believe it or not, you can actually get appointed to an office. You don't even have to run. And most of the time, there aren't enough people to fill the appointments. So you could legit call up and be like, hey, can you appoint me to whatever like is open? And a lot of times people are like, oh, great. Here's what's open. What do you want to do? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say at Karen Action, we try really hard to give good information. So if you want to follow us on social media, that's a, that's a good place to start. Um, and really quickly, can you speak a bit about VoterBot? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yes. <Yay. laughs> As I was talking about earlier. So I'm. thank you for asking about it. Yeah. Yeah. If you DM at Karen Action US, we'll answer all of your questions about voting wherever you are, wherever you live. And especially like I... If you have questions about voting by mail, we can answer those. I think it is a little bit confusing right now, and people are a little bit scared. How do you do it safe? How do I get it in on time? We can answer all those questions for you. And even, even if you're somebody who is already registered to vote, I actually still really recommend um, message us or go to your local government site. I just found I vote in every election. I mean, like, I'm a hyper voter, obviously, and I got perched from the voter rolls. I just voted in the primary and I have to re-register to vote. So like make sure that you check your voter registration. And in some states, 
They they're really trying it. it. Mm-hmm. They're trying it. And in some states, the voter registration deadline has already passed. So, like, if you're not registered to vote in some states, you, you won't be able to vote in this election. You should still go and vote because that way you don't get left out in the next election. And there's basically an election day every Tuesday in America. So, but- <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, that's a huge, huge thing I just want to really, really say to everybody. Like, make sure you check on your registration. If you haven't registered in some states, there is same day voter registration on Election Day. Check and see if that is for your state. If you missed out this time, sis, I'm really sorry for you. <laughs> Don't miss out again. <laughs> Go and register. Yes. <laughs> um, another serious question. Um, do you think the fly has a shot again? <laughs> <laughs> that fly low, that fly low. <laughs> oh, he stuck around for so long. Oh, he was there for so. I was and he like, was so vibrant what? against his hair. Yeah, he made a home there. He, he was did. like, I'm holding it down for all the people. Right? <laughs> But also, like, he had so much hairspray that he couldn't even it feel was a helmet. that fly it was in a his hell hair. Helmet. <laughs> oh, wow. <Right. laughs> the fly was for sure the winner yeah, the- of that whole situation. <laughs> you heard it here, people. <laughs> so, Jess, thank you so much. Seriously. Yeah, we appreciate you. What a privilege to be on. It's so fun. What is that phrase that people... Say at the end, my heart is full. <laughs> uh, before you go, though, Jess, is there anything anywhere you want folks to reach you or any last words you want to say? Last words feel so final. <laughs> <laughs> the final word. Um, yeah, at Karen Action, at Karen Action US. Um, and if you're a Latina, at Chi underscore Sepuede. You can find me on the internet. It's pretty easy to find me. Love to hear from anybody and keep fighting. Awesome. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much. This was such a blast. (laughs) Guys, I think it's time for us to give some advice. But first, let's take a quick break. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with dust-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, 
Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Welcome back. It's time for us to give a listener some advice. Yes, what you got for us? This week, we have a letter from someone who didn't sign their name, but here it is nonetheless. Dear OOD, I am worried about my best friend. She's been talking a lot about seeing UFOs in the sky and Mm. doing what she calls research into how the government is covering up alien activity. Don't be laughing at our (laughs) listener here, Yasmin. Yeah, there's a tone in your voice. (laughs) I just, I'm reading this and I'm like, damn girl, okay. Serious, serious issues. It was funny at first when I thought she was joking, but I caught her having an honest and passionate conversation about ships in the sky with a cute guy at a bar. I'm nervous that she's taking in bad information and possibly turning into a crazy conspiracy theorist. I'm not sure if aliens exist or not. And really, I don't care until they're ready to show face. Okay. I just <laughs> I just don't want my friend to become a social leper who can't stop talking about alien activity and government cover-ups. What do I do? Ooh. Mm. This, one, this one sounds like y'all going in different life directions. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you, you got a lot of feelings about her getting into conspiracy theories. And maybe she's not wrong. Kira, I knew I you know. was going to say that. Because you, <laughs> you're the one that questions if we landed on the moon. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that part. You know, sometimes. <laughs> you can't trust Ooh. the government. They made that clear. Hello. <laughs> I don't know what to do, really. I feel like it's kind of a touchy thing if this person really believes these things. But kind of what Jess was saying, when you're having a conversation with someone who's on a different planet than you, you, it's great to start asking questions and just maybe just tell her you don't agree. It doesn't even sound like she doesn't agree. It sounds like she doesn't care. And since she doesn't care, she doesn't want her friend to care. And that don't sound like a good friendship to me. Your, Your girlfriend is now into UFOs and... I think it's okay to have a passion. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if your passion doesn't align with your friends, that doesn't mean she's crazy. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, Ashley, what you said about, like, y'all are maybe going in different life directions. <laughs> and that's okay, mm-hmm. too. Because, <laughs> like, you know, there's you're finding out some new shit about your friend. And mm-hmm. that is some tough info to take in. And, you know, maybe this is the time that you guys, not all friendships last forever. Damn, I have never heard Yasmin get rid of a friend. (laughs) Over aliens? I I don't really know y'all's stance. Do y'all believe in aliens? Mm -hmm. I definitely believe there's a life outside of Earth. I just yeah. have no confirmation that that's true. Okay. Um, Like no concept of what it actually is or could be. I feel like, yes, likely there is something out there, but... What does she say? Until they're ready to show face. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to call yeah. you around me. That's <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. Stay over there. Yeah, I don't know. Dang. If I Although, it. I mean, in theory, it would be cool to meet some aliens. If they were like E.T., but if they were e. like was Alien the movie. E.T. was terrifying. He was scary e. as hell. E.T. was cute and kind. No. He was kind. That's he was scary a kind alien. alien. No, and his finger. That one yeah, little finger. finger. I can't. I couldn't take it. Oh, my God. E.T. was a wide-eyed, kind alien. He was like Casper. Kind Shakira. Of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Have, what about War of the Worlds? Have you seen the aliens in that? I was about to say, War of the Worlds or Alien the movie where the one comes mm. out the stomach. That's the scary aliens that y'all need to be scared of. E.T. over alien, alien. (laughs) I mean, sorry, alien, alien over E.T. Because E.T. is terrifying. Girl, watch War of the Worlds. I know. Um, I watched it on accident and it's still (laughs) still bothering me to this day. But yeah, some people just take a different path and that doesn't mean they're a bad person. But if you see like, hmm, this isn't... The kind of conversation I want to be having. Mm-hmm. You have the right 
to do that. Is, and, this is her best friend. So I would say at the very least, talk to your girl and just check in with her. If something is different, yeah. if something if she acting off, then you might want to, you know, help her that out. That could be a mental thing, too. Not to mm-hmm. say that is no. fact, but who yeah. knows what she's going she through. She might just now be into UFOs, mm-hmm. and that's cool, too. But check in with her. See if she's truly committed the way you think she is. And if you can't handle that, I guess you got to find a new best friend. Mm. I just want to share something real quick that uh, y'all know how I feel about astrology. And since we're talking about the stars a little bit, literally today, Scorpio Mystique uh, posted, she said, this transit will also reveal to you where others' plans and intentions may be in conflict with your own. Hold your tongue today as you allow your differences to exist without struggling to accomplish compromise just yet. It's best to mellow out and focus on our own journey. And even if you are not a Scorpio or believe in astrology, <laughs> and I know how I'm sounding conspiracy theorist even in sharing that, but it's I think it's relevant in the idea that, like, your differences can exist without struggling to, like, accomplish some compromise. So, you know, y'all could have just real-life differences. Yes. Yes, um, I agree with that. And it's okay to have differences, even with your best friend. You don't want everything to be the goddamn on same. Yeah. No, You're going to get boring. bored. Yeah. Okay. You know, so let her are, have her aliens. Spin it out. Let her have her aliens. Well, this was a great show, y'all. I enjoyed learning more about what we can do to stay vigilant in knowing what's going on with our politicians and with voting. So thank you again to Jess. And we appreciate y'all tuning in. Thank y'all so much. Please review and share this podcast. It helps us to know what you think. Yes. And come kiki with us on our socials at Obama's Other Daughters on Instagram, at OOD Improv on Twitter, and at Obama's Other Daughters on Facebook. And of course, y'all know you need some advice. We got you. We our advice is out of this world. But send us your letters and sign your name at oodpodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> see ya. You Down is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.